that. You don't hear snapping. That's our, that's, there it is. There it is. We are so glad to be with you here on Wednesday. I wish it was under different circumstances. My <laughs> to be a blue fan right now. Um, yeah, I, I just don't have the words, man. I don't have the words. Like, there's times I wanted to cry today. I mean, <laughs> just, it's crazy. So, guys, listen, we are live here at Chatham Tap Fishers. So glad that you are able to uh, kind of join us and be with us. Um, to my right, your left, is my man Aaron, and he represents the Manchester United Reds. And I am your boy, Evan, representing the blue, 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 blue blues of Chelsea FC. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. My friend, how have you been today, man? Just sitting back and kind of watching stuff happen. Um, well, I tell you, when I, when I woke up early this morning and I saw that news, um, my real thoughts were, I don't like it. Mm. Um, I didn't have any details and what details were in at the time were pretty thin. Yeah. Um, I just I don't like the coaching carousel. I don't like impatient owners, um, and I just I didn't think things had gone in such a way, especially so close to the window closing, spending so much money on players, mm -hmm. uh, to already see Tuchel on his way out. As the day has progressed, um, I can see a little bit more of the reasoning behind it. I, do, I still don't like it. I don't. Um, I don't know that it's it's the greatest reasoning. Um, it, it certainly caught Tuchel off guard, um, but uh, you know it's Bowley coming in and saying this is my club now and that this is how things are going to go, um, which very much a Chelsea thing to come in and, mm -hmm. and, and sack a manager. Mm -hmm. um, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, you know, the, a few different names have been floated. Um, I I don't you know. You always, you always get that. You always get, you know, some early names and things like that. I really just can't see Zinedine Zidane being interested in this job um, because he's previously turned down, you know, English English squads for the reason that he doesn't speak English. So we're just going to jump into this right now. Yeah, I, I think we have to. I think, I think we yeah, have to. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah. But, I mean, of, of Graham Potter, Zinedine Zidane, uh, Mauricio Pochettino, uh, you know, th those seem to be the, the names that are consistently being bandied about. What's your preference and what do you think is realistic? I think Pochettino is, is the third for me, um, third on the list for me. I just think that, um, yes, you were with, you know, Tottenham for a while. Um, that's cool. But I just, I just, I'm not sure he's there. I think he might be an up and coming, because he is younger. He might be an up-and-coming type deal. He wants another shot in the mm -hmm. Premier League. I get it. Um, Zidane, I, I, I'm with you. I, I just don't think that he wants to come to an English club because, number one, like you know, I think you just mentioned, yeah, he doesn't speak great English, and he has said that a couple of times. Mm -hmm. He's like, look, I, I don't want this job because of that. It, it, that's what my heart wants, mm -hmm. but my head goes to Graham Potter. Um, it just goes to Graham Potter. He, you know, Brighton is playing a really aggressive attacking type style of soccer. Um, that, quite frankly, hey, I, I think that it is a. Um, 
I don't know how fast I should jump into this. I don't know how like soon I should jump into this because of all the uh, you know blues fans and stuff like that. But guys, listen, I, I don't know about you, but I hate to admit this, Aaron. I haven't been excited. I have not been excited to watch Chelsea play a match this season. Like their their match um, against Tottenham was awesome because they actually played like a unit. Um, but now I've got to think: Are they, did they play like a unit in spite of what Tuchel did? Right. You know, and, and that's my fear. I think with all of this happening, there's a couple things I want to say. Number one, I think that um, obviously last last night. It, Yesterday was not the reason why Tuchel was was let go. He, that that's not it. It may have been a straw. I don't think so. Yeah. It may have been a straw that broke Camel's back. But but I think there's more stuff there than what we really know. And I think there's more stuff that will come out as 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 the the days go by. But I think two things um, spelled doom for Thomas Tuchel. Um, I think that Todd Bowley and and his group came in. They uh, consulted with Tuchel about who to get in this transfer window because there's a lot of stuff floating around right now. 280 plus million pounds, you know, euros to go and, and sign all these people. I think that when you look at these folks, when you look at the, the players that they signed, I think that Bully was trying to set up because number one, he doesn't, they're not a footballing group. He's, he's not a footballer. But I think that he was trying to get people that Tuchel approved of because he knew that Tuchel is a top-tier manager. He knew that if Thomas Tuchel approved of these people, then they're going to be good people. Here's the fear behind that. Is that Aubameyang, you know, Fofana, Kukurea, that, you know, Koulibaly, did these guys want to come play for Chelsea? Or did they want to come play for Tuchel? That's that's my fear as a mm -hmm. Chelsea fan. Mm -hmm. Is that you know what I, I mean? Yes, I want I want players to come play for the badge. I want them to come and love playing for Chelsea. But also having been, yeah, an athlete, having been a player, I, I, I play for my coach. Yeah. That's the whole reason why we say you know we Americans say win one for the Gipper. What we want to win that for a coach, the guy who has faith in us, who believes in us. Well, think about what Alabama Yang must be going through right now. He, Absolutely. He came specifically because he played for yes. previously. And so that's my first fear. But yeah. the second fear is this, is that when Tuchel started making comments in the preseason about the players not performing and not being up mm -hmm. to snuff, and mm -hmm. it, it, it concerned me, and I think we even said this on a show, it concerned me because he's passing the blame off to the players. Mm -hmm. And you, you, as a manager, in my opinion, as a manager, you if you have enough emotional capital to do that, then you have enough emotional capital to get the players to start playing mm -hmm. back again for you. It did not seem like, with the exception of the Tottenham match, it didn't seem like the players really wanted to play for him. Like, it didn't seem like he was able to grasp the players and to really say, hey, guys, this is our team. We got this. He, you know, it, it, he, we needed him to be, I'm not saying be exactly this guy, but he needed to be more Klopp-ish in the mm. fact that, you know, he needed that, 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 that vivaciousness that, 
that allowed his players to feed off of, and that's just not Thomas Tuchel. That's not who he is. Right. Um, I, I, I've heard or I've, you know, I've read a, a few things today talking about how Bowley really, especially once um, uh, the woman who was essentially helping with the recruiting and, and, and signing of players. Yes. Um, with her leaving uh, and obviously Chet going, Bowley, you know, got more involved in the transfers himself, which I think is somewhat questionable. Um, yeah, you have some sporting background, but finding guys for the LA Dodgers versus finding players for Chelsea Football Club, I, I don't know how much overlap there is there. Um, Real quick to speak to that, I actually had a discussion with one of the friends of the pod, um, and it was interesting. It was really interesting because he's from Germany, mm. and um, you know, he approached me and he said, you know, hey, how did you become you know, a soccer fan? You grew up here in America. Like, how did you become a soccer fan so late? And I think one of the things at play here, and, and like I said, one of my worries is, is that when Matthias asked me that, I was sitting here and I was thinking, you know, Todd Bowley, he's not a, he's not a footballer. He's, not, he's never been a footballer until he's bought this club. I don't know if he's been a fan. Maybe. Maybe. But my fear is, is that you're running the club without an understanding of how the English Premier League, how football really, really runs. You're, you're running it like, you know, hey, the, the Glazers. Ooh, oh, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, but there is an American-esque mm. type of, you know, hey, you don't perform, okay, you're out. I'm not sure that's what happened here. I think that there was there was things happening, as yeah. you said, early on when they purchased the club, but I will say this. I will say that he has to step up now. Bowley has to step up now. And to prove to Chelsea fans that he does have the team's best interest in mind. Well, I, I think a lot of that is true. Um, kind of trying to rewind back to my point, it's it sounded like he wanted to lean on Tuchel, and, and Tuchel wanted half of that. Tuchel wanted to have input into the the transfers and, and especially the players that were going to be brought in. Mm -hmm. But he didn't really want to do the negotiating. He didn't want to do the dirty work of it. Because right. It, and to his, to be fair, he's the manager of a, of a major football yeah, club. Sure. That's why we have these sporting directors now. You know what? What what Alex Ferguson did at Manchester United is somewhat unheard of in the modern game. Mm -hmm. It would be impossible to be as involved in every aspect as the man was. Yeah. But he could do it at the time because the game was different. Now. You know, he had scouts and things like that. Um, and David David Gill, who was an amazing executive who could get the signings done. But you've got to have a sporting director now yeah. whose job is finding that middle ground between what the owner's vision of the club overall is going to be and the manager's ability to bring that to fruition. Absolutely. And the sporting director says, okay, we want to be an attacking team. Uh, or, you know, the owner says, you know, to the, to the sporting director, we, we want to be an attacking team. And then he turns to the manager and says, okay, what kind of attacking team do we want to be? What yes. kind of players yeah. do you think 
can do this yep. and now I will go convince them that this is the plan that we've got here. And let me tell you, as a Manchester United fan and, and not having something like that mm. and seeing how successful it is elsewhere, it's been very frustrating. So yeah. that's sort of my Glazer's comment there. Like, mm, uh, your your business acumen is great. Like, they make money hand over fist. There's no question. Ed yeah. Woodward knew how to take money and make more money. Yes. He did not know how to get signings done. And the club had no vision for what what are we. So Chelsea, I, and, and again, Todd, it, I, I, I was, you know, we get so much social media. I saw Todd Bowley's Facebook oh, and Twitter horrible. account. Horrible. Dude needs to not... He either needs to hand it over to somebody else. I mean, it, it's, it's it's it was dismissive. It, of it's a Trump-esque. I, I, hate, I hate to say it, but it's it's very oh, it's man. it's it's tone deaf. It is, uh, and it's not how you engage the fans. Right now, fans are are, are concerned, but want to be behind this club. We're they, we're confused. We're we're like right? okay, what what needs to happen? But then when this came out, I saw what that that was, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know, this is. This is unbecoming of a man, of a uh, an owner of a club. I agree. This is this is this is totally dismissive mm-hmm. of a manager that is a top tier yeah. manager and that that won us trophies. And I don't care how ruthless you want to appear to be a, as a businessman or an owner. That's that's really if you want to entice other high quality managers and players to come to your club. You don't do it by shitting on guys who've been a pretty good servant to your club. Thomas Tuchel, it it wasn't like Thomas Tuchel did exactly what Scott Parker did. Scott Parker blatantly threw it in the face of of the board. And you knew what was going to happen. And you kind of could see that coming. Thomas Tuchel made some comments, but they were somewhat accurate at the time. He was saying, look, I don't have enough to do what we want to do. But then when it came time to follow through on an investment, where the money's clearly been there, you spent two billion dollars or something ridiculous <laughs> yeah um maybe not quite that much but a lot oh, of money yes. on incoming players i mean we'll get back to it later but I think you brought like in that. one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve guys oh wow of which i'm looking at seven or eight who should really be expected to, to contribute if not come in and start yeah yeah so there's there was a disconnect somewhere. It's I don't know how much to make of the Ronaldo issue, but it sounds like that was Bowley really really wanted to bring in Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and Tuchel said no, he's going to destroy the spirit in my locker room. And I tell you what, as a United guy with the rumors that were swirling around from last season, it's definitely a possibility. And yeah. as an owner, I think you've got to respect your manager in that moment. But clearly, they were not on the same page. And as you know, I've have ne- never been. Uh, uh, you know, an owner of a multinational company, or you know, have a really? million dollars in Never? the bank. Never. So I don't know what it's like to to have to be responsible and make these decisions. And if that's who he's going to be, that's fine. But you've set a tone in such a way now that you're maybe going to scare away yeah. other quality people yeah. because they don't want to deal with that. Well, I think you know, unfortunately, Todd Bowley in this move, he's he's trying. Todd Bowley, you are not. You are not Roman, Roman Ibramovich. You, you, you just aren't. And so, if if this is a move to continue mm. that Chelsea, you want him to be? well, no, absolutely not. I, well, I mean, without to get the in, Russian money, yeah, without the Russian money longer. Yeah. Yes, but but I think that you know, t- to my point, just I, I think they, I think they pulled 
the rug out from Tuchel too fast. Agreed. This is something that happened. I'm, I'm sorry, but you know me. I have a soft spot for Frank. It happened to Frank way too fast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the problem is is that you when you do not allow a manager to come mm-hmm. in to put a stamp on things, to, to, to manage for 100 games, 100 mm-hmm. matches. Yeah. He made it six uh, games more than Frank. Six games more than I Frank. I think that's the sense. But when you don't allow them to continue to build a club, I, you know, there's the rub. And, and, and once again, and I'm not quite transitioning yet, but I think that if if Manchester United, if the Glazers have their heads on straight, they're going to leave Eric Ten Hag alone. And they're going to let this man yep. manage the shit out of this club. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they need to do. Yeah. So we have a question. Well, we do. We have a question. Thanks for uh, participating, Gabe. Uh, Gabe, a uh, Tottenham fan, so he's probably especially enjoying this. Right ah, now. there uh, you go. Do you think not playing Pulisic had anything to do with Tuchel sacking? Oh. You know what? I can believe it from a, a branding standpoint. Um, I gotta believe Bowley wanted Ronaldo at least partially because of the jerseys he helps sell. True. And he is a big name, and True. he's a massive player. And I think if you're looking at this team and you're asking, hey, where's where are goals coming from? What's what what are we doing here? Yeah. And you've got a guy like Pulisic on the bench not getting time. Yep. You've got Kai Havertz. Really regressing, in my opinion, not I mean, playing well. Not Mason looking. Mason Mount has done nothing, nothing so far. Now, to be fair, when when to be fair when Pulisic has gotten on the field and, and had his opportunities, he's not really impressed mm. all that much. No. But he's he doesn't stand out for his poor performances either. It's it's not right. as if right. there's seven guys who are just crushing it for Chelsea right now and. Everybody else isn't pulling their weight. There's a collective malaise. There doesn't seem to be a, a cohesive footballing right. concept going on. And that spine is old and decaying. Mm-hmm. I mean, N'Golo Conte is one of the best defensive midfielders yes. I've ever seen in my entire life. Yep. And he did the work of two people. Yep. But the guy's 31 years old. I don't know how many miles are on that clock now, but there's True. got to be a lot. He's dealing with injuries. Jorginho and Kovacic have never had that kind of ability to cover that kind of space, right. certainly not by themselves. Connor Gallagher, we still don't know yet, but he was so eager to please that he got himself sent off inside the first half. And you've got an aging Tiago Silva and Kalidou Koulibaly who um, has not settled in himself. So there are a lot of question marks in this team. I remember distinctly that very first game of the season and both of us looking at each other going, is Reese James... Forgetting how to take corner kicks. Exactly. Or did they not practice the routine right. and none of the other guys knew right. where to be? Because he was consistently delivering oh, the ball to horrible. a particular spot. Horrible. So I've watched several Chelsea matches now, and I can't really tell you what the plan is. Well, you know, and, and once again, this is this goes back to, but, but in my quick, opinion. Yeah. I, think, I think, yeah, Gabe, I think probably not playing Pulisic had at least I, some impact from both a brand standpoint of and a, hey, manager, What's going on right now isn't working, and you've yeah. got a big-name player sitting on the bench. Yeah, I, who, who, by the way, happens to be an American. True, true. And, and that, you know, that part—if that part is true, Gabe—then then I'm, I'm I'm really disappointed in this decision because uh, this is that there's so many things that work here. I I totally I'm a Pooley fan. I love Pulisic. Um, you got to put him in the right situation, though. He's got to be in the right situation, and. I think that whenever 
whenever Tuchel started setting him and not playing him as much as he did before, I think that what we saw was we saw the the almost withering away of Christian Pulisic. Like mm-hmm. he he is not, in my opinion, he is not a super sub. He's not. He's a guy that has to be out there. He's got to be involved in the in the flow of the game from the very beginning because that's how he plays. Mm-hmm. Look at him whenever he plays for the U.S. men's team. Mm-hmm. Pooley's out there. He has to be out there in the beginning because he has to get a feel for the game. I, I think that there's so many things that work here that, that for Thomas Tuchel, Thomas Tuchel, in my opinion, managed himself out of this job. I can see that. He managed himself out of this job. But at the end of last year, we had we had a, a, a lineup that got us, that never should have, in my opinion, should not have, but got us a top four finish because of all the BS that was going around that was happening. We had a lineup that got us there. And the fact is, is that early on in the season, we had we had um, um, James and we had Chilwell on the you know on the corner on the sides, and they were playing off of each other, and they were doing awesome. We had Havertz, who was actually producing along with Ziak, and we were able to throw um, Pulisic in there whenever you know. Um, um, oh, <laughs> see, I've already forgot his name. That's awesome. The uh, German. Um, um, oh my gosh. Went to Leipzig. Timo Werner. Yeah, Timo Werner. Whenever Werner disappointed all of us, right? And wasn't able to score a goal. Like, it was interesting because they were able to throw in so many different people. And it seemed like Tuchel knew what he was doing whenever he made these subs. Yes. Right now, it seems like he just doesn't have a grasp or didn't have a grasp on 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 who to put in, when to put them in. Like, he, he just didn't have a grasp. And, and for the life of me, Broja, or Broja, what, I, I, he's trying and trying and trying to force this guy into the lineup, and, and, and he makes some contribution, but I, where, where's, you know, where are the reps for Ziyech? Where's the reps for Pooley? Where's the reps? You know what I mean? Well, like, I, no, I, this is I mean, where I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, this is where I'm going to push back a little bit and, and say that I think Broja was bought for, uh, brought in for a very specific reason, and that was to be an alternative type of striker. And what he's really become is a last-ditch, throw him on and hope he can get his head on something kind of guy. The, the problem is no one's used to playing with anybody like that because Chelsea hasn't had a true number nine for a couple seasons now. Yeah. Sorry, Romelu Lukaku failed. Uh, it's a shame. Timo Werner failed. They've tried to play with the false nine. They've put Pooley there. They've put... And they've now chosen to put Raheem Sterling there a couple times. They've played Havertz there. Ziyech is, is I, I mean... He's gone. He, he, yes. he, he, he Where's just, he at? Just, it's just not worked. So, Obama Yang is kind of a panic buy. Um, but even so, him and Broja are nowhere near Broja. I can't, I, I think, is he Portuguese? Pronounce the J. Um, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, but... You're, you're getting – there's just no cohesion there. There's no. just no understanding. And I said this very recently. Is Chelsea – look, Champions League trophy notwithstanding, which is a big deal. But 
ultimately where the club and the players are, are they really any better off than they would have been had they kept Frank in charge? Yeah. And another good friend of the pod, who's a Chelsea fan, had this to say, and I think it's very, very accurate. Name a player in the past two years that Thomas Tuchel has made better. Name somebody that came in and was good and Rudiger. Tuchel has really unlocked him. I think Rudiger. Okay. I think he made him better. And where is Rudiger He's now? He's gone. Right? Yeah. So that, that's, a, yeah. that's a decent answer to the question. But if the one guy he's managed to make better then leaves after a couple seasons, then I, I just I, I don't know what to think. And I, from a football perspective, I hope Chelsea can find a guy that comes in and does good things for him. Uh, as a United fan and a guy who can't stand the, this kind of coaching carousel, I, I hope it backfires. I, I hope this blows up in Todd Bowley's face, and that um, he has to <sighs> he has to deal with some some fallout yeah. from it. Yeah. Um, and you know what? If you're going to be a smartass on social media, yes. you better be ready to take exactly. it. Exactly. I think you know. In, in in wrapping everything up for the Chelsea segment, I th I think that Graham Potter is the guy. I think he's going to be the guy. Um, you know, once again, I am not I'm not excited to tune in on the weekends to watch Chelsea. As a matter of fact, I, I've been pretty insistent on the last couple of weeks saying, no, let's watch Man U. And it's not because, like, you know, I, I hate Chelsea. I love Chelsea with all my heart. But I want to see good football. Yeah. And I think every Chelsea fan out there wants to see good football. Mm -hmm. And we just haven't seen that. And, 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 and I think for all of the good that Tuchel has done, I think that once again, I stand by what I say. I think he literally managed himself out of this position. Managed himself. It took. He's. It's taking too long for him mm -hmm. to figure things out. And I think Todd Bowley saw it. I think that you know. And this, this is the the positive spin I want to put on it. I think that Tuchel saw it because you could tell in some of Tuchel's you know interviews, mm -hmm. he was like, look, you know, this isn't working. Blah blah blah. The guy went through a divorce. The guy went through you know losing. Yeah. You know, Lukaku within a couple of weeks just not becoming, not being effective, and losing the 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 crowd, their support of Lukaku for a while because of what Lukaku said. You know, the the Abramovich thing, and, and having to manage through that. I think the guy is burnt out. I think the guy is 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 used up, and I think that he just needs to get somewhere and to show what he can do again. But I think he needs to take his time doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it worth talking about recent results since you're going to have a new manager come in and hopefully make them forget about those results? Uh, I, I, if, if, I was, if I was coming in as a manager, I don't, I'm not sure I'd make them forget. I'd be like, look, guys, here's what happened. We well, just lost. It, to, it, to me, it tells the story in its own way. Yeah. Beat Leicester two to one in the Premier League. It wasn't super convincing. No. Turned around and lost to Southampton two to one in the Premier League after scoring the first goal. Yes. Obviously not convincing. Nope. Beat West Ham two to one in the Premier Which League. Which was very controversial. Controversial I bar. Get it. But even so, even without that decision, it was not comprehensive. It wasn't like you played West no. Ham off the park. No. And then, honestly, I, 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 you're right. It. 
shouldn't be the thing that cost him his job. But, but that performance yesterday, the fourth seed in your was group, so lackluster, so completely now, without energy and passion. Now I will I will push back on that because I actually had a chance to watch the match. It looked like the guys were really playing hard. The problem is nothing was connecting. Yeah. Like like literally the, the the passing at times was phenomenal. They were working, especially up front. They were working really well, but nothing connected. Nothing made right. Once they reached the inner part of the defense, man, nothing made sense. Mm -hmm. You know, Dynamo they 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 closed down on them, and, and then the strike that that Keppa meant. You know, I, I do not fault Keppa for that strike. I O. I O. What's up? What's up? It's probably a good thing you just tuned in. I O. Oh man, no, no, no. But but I don't fault that. But but what I will say is that those matches right there, ever since, and I'm gonna throw this out there, and it'd be interesting to 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 hear from the Blues fans what what you think. Ever since the Tottenham match, like ever since the Tottenham match, and and you had that huge letdown at the end of the match, and then Tuchel, and, you know, did what he did, and. And, you know, whatever, whatever. Well, but you would but think that would be. You uh, would think that would be in a, like, like, yeah, let's go get it. Well, a, ca a catalyst. You, you, you think to yourselves, um, we were hard done by. Yes. Absolutely hard done by. Yes. By a, a terrible. I, I, I don't understand. First off, how the referee is standing there and does not see a very obvious right. hair pull. Yeah. And secondly, how does this go to VAR and there isn't at least something? The so, ball is in play, so a whistle would stop yep. it. Yep. It's it's violent conduct, so yep. it should be a straight red card. And they scored direct. Tottenham scored directly off the corner. Then, of course, you have Tuchel's, you know, getting into it with Conte. You can say whatever you want about it, I, but what it shows is a passionate. I love it. Fighting for his players. I love it. So you would have thought, you know what? We got fucked over. Yeah. Our managers got our back. Yep. We're gonna get out there and get it for. But him. I think that's the and key. And it didn't happen. I think you you hit it right there. The manager has our back. I think they saw. I think we saw Thomas Tuchel with passion. I think we saw the team play with passion. But in that locker room, did Thomas Tuchel do what he had to do to relay that to his players? I don't know. We will right. never know probably. Right. But. It sure did not translate into the next four matches. Right. That passion that they had. So where was that at? I think, quite frankly, um, it's at the feet of the manager. Now, yeah. should that be enough to get him sacked like this? I, I don't know. No, and I, I think know. we've. I, I think what we've covered so far makes it pretty clear the groundwork has been. Uh, uh, groundwork sounds wrong. I would say that the issues contributing to this go back to the time when Bully came in yeah, yeah. as the owner and began, you know, running a fine-tooth comb ever, over everything and looking into what needed to be done. Yep. I don't have a problem with them getting rid of, of people that were part of the old regime, um, not not necessarily because it's, it's Roman and everything that comes with it, but here's a guy who wants to make a name for himself. You're not the part owner of the Dodgers and don't right. have strong opinions about right. things. You're, you're right. not an owner of a club like that and don't want to win unless, again, no. you're the Glazers. I, no, I get it. Because get it. there's too much at stake and you understand it. And if you can turn Chelsea into an, a, an American brand, that's amazing. And I don't mean in the Leeds United States of American kind of way. Right. I, I mean in the I want to make us a team 
Americans want to watch because yeah. of the connection, right? Yeah. No, you I get that. You don't. I told you. You don't have. That. You don't have to go out and get a whole bunch of other American players. You've already got Christian Pulisic, and you are American yourself. That's all you need to 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 make that happen. Sure. And it 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 sounds like it had been coming, and unfortunately, the result yesterday gave him an opportunity to to swing the axe. And um, you know, the the, the next next match is, is Saturday. Uh, and and we were talking about this earlier. You think about it. Um, they played yesterday. Would have had a long flight back from Croatia. Yep. Uh, probably you know after after the match. So overnight, maybe maybe they stayed. I I, I don't know the travel plans of every t- every mm-hmm. club. Mm-hmm. But certainly today would have been a light day. Today would have been a yes. you know a muscle work, cool down right. kind of thing. Maybe walk through um, video. Uh, tomorrow will probably be a bit of tactical training, but but now you know you're, you're obviously going to be watching on on Fulham and that sort of thing, and Uh-oh. trying to um, tiny yes. tiny drinks. Oh Tr- no, I'm not saying that Tr- trying to um, you know get prepared. <laughs> so obviously whoever is interim between now and then, because even if they they name you know Graham Potter tomorrow. Um, I, I just don't see that he's going to come in. This is it, typically yeah. what happens is he, you get announced at that next match. They're away to Fulham. Yes. That, that's a banana peel, even if Tuchel would have been in charge. Yeah. But I think you got to be but, ready for Salzburg at home in the Champions League. There's yeah. an opportunity to get the fans back on get your side. Get back on the side, yes. But then, man, you turn around, and, and oh, the following Sunday, you got to play Liverpool. You're Luckily for you, you're at home. Uh, Stamford Bridge has not been a, a super fortress, but... It's all right, but this is going to be an interesting three to, you know, I mean, I, I think where you are at the end of October is going to say an awful lot yes. about where Chelsea's going to right. be. Right. I think Gabe um, also, what, what he said was, you know, remember the very next match after Tottenham, and this is what I'm saying, and Gabe, I'm glad you picked up on this. You know, Tuchel barely got up off the bench. Oh, wait, he just seemed so on, disinterested. So, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we yeah. are now at halftime. We are at halftime. We're at halftime. And, we, and, and mainly because we need to honor our, our lovely bar wench for bringing us the shots. Hey! Claire's there fantastic. we go. Yes, Tatum yes, Tatum yes. fantastic. And while we're here talking about it, 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, there will be breakfast. Breakfast. 11 o'clock breakfast. on Sunday morning, there will not be Woo. breakfast. Uh, but get in here. It's absolutely awesome. Yes. And... Um, yeah. Ask for Claire. Ask for Claire. Yes. Always ask for Claire. Yes. So cheers. Cheers to this place. This is basically the halftime that we always do now. And, Slanty. Uh, we're happy to have you at this. Final point, Gabe. Oh. I think you're absolutely right. Yep. Um, sometimes he did seem a bit disinterested. Yes. And I think that probably has ultimately cost him a little bit. And could that um, have been the precursor that we missed? Well, you know it, I mean? it sounded like when he was in in meetings with uh, the board. Yes. He he just didn't really want to engage. They had to create their own little WhatsApp group to get yeah. him to respond. Yeah, yeah. That nature. And again, this is such inside baseball garbage. But it also goes to, you know, the mindset of why you do this. If he's not going to engage, if he's going to be a surly German, yes. Then <laughs> maybe this is not. I don't mean it. I don't mean no, it like that. No, I, I love. Mean, it. I, I know, can just. If, he, if he's just hear... going to be like that, if that's if I can that's hear the Matthias impression just getting, laughing out loud right, right now. Absolutely. Let's, let's go so. to something more positive, my All friend. Right. Hit that United 
Well, I I think we hit. That's my guy. I, dude, I've got so many. I've well, got one question, and, I, and I'm hitting that button because I do not yet have a Christian Erickson button because I believe oh. two things, and we've talked about, we've touched upon this previously, but I think not being in Ronaldo's shadow on the field yes. has really helped unlock Bruno. Yes, but. Erickson playing in a slightly mm. deeper role, kind of a, a half six, half eight kind of hybrid thing. The way they're passing together, I mean, look at who all was involved in the goals and the passing movements and everything. First off, everybody touched the ball for the Anthony goal. Yeah. It was absolutely beautiful. Yep. But um, the the uh, the first Rashford goal is Erickson straight up the middle to Bruno and Bruno unlocking that defense. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's really been beneficial. I, I I'm seeing a lot. Um, I, I guess we're we're going straight to the Arsenal match. Well, dude, here's here's what. Okay, so I've thought about this, and this is the one thing I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. Erickson and Bruno, mm -hmm. they are the mom and dad of this team, dude. They place. I mean, I'm just serious. I mean, mm -hmm. They have a great, incredible relationship, and I think that you know mm -hmm. what what we saw is them playing well, but then watching over the kids. You know, just being like, okay, here, take this. Here you go. Do that, and then them talking to each other, and them mm -hmm. just coordinating. Like, it, I, I think there's something there that is working, well, and I think Tin Hog saw it. Christian has. Incredible amount of experience. I think he's 30, 31 years old. Um, he's always been just a, a pure professional, and obviously what he's had to deal with in the last year of his life is is amazing that we're even watching him play football, yeah. never mind playing at such a high level yeah. in the Premier League. Um, but, yeah, I think he's got the ability to calm guys down, to say the right thing in the right moment. There appear to be now multiple leaders on this team where previously you couldn't find a single one. Mm -hmm. Harry Maguire, nominal captain of the team, but I never saw Harry Maguire dressing somebody down for a mistake. I never saw yeah. Harry Maguire giving big high fives. Yeah. You got Diogo Delote saving balls for, for you know corner kicks and stuff like that, and he's running over and smashing guys on the chest like they're it's Air yes. Force Academy. Yes, and this is the stuff, once again. Going back, this is yep. stuff that you do not see at Chelsea. Right, right. You don't and, see it. And I, 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 I'm excited, but I don't get, want to get too carried away because this, this, no, you this has, this you has not it. been what we've seen out, out of Manchester United for the last few years. We've seen some good performances, some good one-offs, that sort of thing. But to see what we're seeing right now, consistent. Every player on the field is contributing. Yeah. Whether David De Gea is the long-term goalie or not, he's still making those great saves. Yes. That top corner ball that he saved oh, was fantastic. Oh, my God. But he recognizes if the pass isn't on, don't force that inside ball that was causing him problems at the beginning of the season yeah. in those first two games. Yeah. And we saw it previously. Um, and, and we typically blamed Fred for it. That was a pass that shouldn't have been it made when you see made. a guy coming to you at the top of the D with somebody on their back. So now he, he, Erickson... Our, 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 I'm sorry, Ten Hag has clearly made it clear it's okay to release upfield if it's not on. Mm -hmm. But everything in front of him is now building. You've got Rafa Varane and Lissandra Martinez creating a partnership. Yeah. Cre you know, holding it down. Yes. Martinez is a butcher. He, oh. I mean, he bullied Vardy. Oh, my gosh. And then and Vardy I mean, was basically crying. He watched that some of the stuff going on, on in the match, and I started to feel sorry for Gabriel Jesus because I, I do want to say this. Arsenal played a 
terrific soccer match for the most part and got caught out for a couple things and I really blame Arteta more than I do the players because yeah. I think the substitutions at, late on really caused it caused them to go for it when yep. they didn't necessarily have to yep. um, but Gabriel Jesus I've been watching this guy you know play for City and maybe he just didn't you know he was good but he just didn't you know kind of maybe get the love that Aguero does mm -hmm. but watching him play the way he uses his body the oh, way the, the way he sees where that ball's coming oh. down he looks back at that defender and he immediately clears space then his first touch is immaculate he's tremendous but you you watch that that game back and every chance he got Lissandro Martinez bumped him shoved him yes. followed him around he yep. waited for him to start to get up on one play and then walk over and hip checked him yeah probably should have been some sort of discipline should've. on it but you know what you get away with what the referee wants to, will allow you to get away with yes Malasia is a bulldog as well Dalot still punching above his weight as far as I'm concerned but he's contributing and doing mm. what needs to be done and he's bought in maybe yeah. now of course you, you know you can't Say what you want about McTominay and why isn't Casemiro starting, but McTominay's playing well. He, he's doing what needs to be done. He's covering for Erickson. Erickson's dropping in those pockets. It's un, unleashing Bruno. Yep. The wingers are doing what they want. And, hey, Jose Mourinho, I know you said Manchester United couldn't win with Marcus Rashford as a striker. Well, well here's four on the bounce, man. Exactly. Let me say something about McTominay. Because as we were sitting here, as we were sitting here watching that match, you know, I, that... If McTominay doesn't play like he's playing right now, there's so much more pressure yeah. on on Manchester United's defense, on their their count the, mm -hmm. the counterattack, how they get back. He is playing some of the yeah. most solid soccer I've seen him play yeah. in in the past couple of years. I mean, this guy is 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 giving everything he's got. Which, damn it, if it doesn't get back to the manager. Well, and, and, and here's why I say that is because you don't hear much mentioned about Eric Ten Hag well, during I, this during this run. It's about the players, yeah. and that, in my opinion, is the mark of a great manager. Yeah. A manager that can divert that, that can get people to start talking about his players and not talk about him. Well, he he says everything he needs to say to the players and he conveys it and 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 you know back to chelsea uh, something that i had heard today was that tuchel is almost overly um in in informationally he he's got too many notes for guys constantly telling them what they need to be doing yeah. rather than laying out the path and seeing if they're going to yeah. execute it he's trying to joystick them and and not in the way pep does because well, obviously pep has has that right you know, about him but you know, I, I more than one commentator, you know, was talking about how after a while Tuchel just drones and you tune it out. Ten Hag says, this is what you need to do. I'm moving on to the next guy and I'll come back and see that you're doing it. I think the reason why certain guys aren't playing is because he believes it takes a minute to get um, uh, where they want them to be. And if he doesn't believe Casemiro is ready, even though he's been playing against Real Madrid, is he ready to play Manchester United ball that he wants? Yeah. Maybe the answer is no. I think we might be seeing a lot of changes tomorrow. So we're gonna, mm. we, we've got a squad. Sure. We've got to mix it up. Um, but, yeah, I totally agree that it, it seems like you've got guys truly buying in yeah. to a plan because the plan is well explained and, and well thought out, and everybody yeah. knows what their role is. And then once they get out there on the field, I mean – 
the, the build-up to Anthony's first goal was awesome, but those last few plays, Bruno receives the ball, turns, and it's charges. Bruno. It's Bruno. Charges at the heart of the defense and gets fouled. Referee plays a tremendous advantage. Yes. It really does. Cause, and, and he made he made the decision, and it was perfect. Well, and he waited, too, yes. because yes. there were a couple more passes. I've seen referees go, ah, nothing came to fruition yep. here. But that ball went to Sancho. Sancho immediately said, where's my buddy Rashi? Yeah. Rashi's supposed to be in front of me, and he's going to be checking. Found Rash. Rash looks up and immediately draws two defenders to him and just lays a perfect Meg ball for Anthony, oh. who what I love about this is you watch the replay and the way Anthony curves his run to the yes. ball yes. so he knows he can open up his hips and hit that lefty to the far oh. corner. i got to be honest, I'm not sure what Ramsdale was doing. Um, yeah. Bah. Uh-oh. Uh, what happened? But it, it, it just the sequence was excellent. Yes. Um, I, I, I made a few comments here very drunkenly the other night. And, and if, you listen, if you listen to my notes, by the time you get to the fifth one, you're like, bah, bah, bah. But first, first, Rashford showed a lot of patience. Yes. He's been impatient at times. He's gotten frustrated, especially last season. Yep. His body wasn't working for him. The, the team wasn't working for yep. him, the, the, the tactics and everything. Now he's waiting for his moments. He's looking for those opportunities. He knows. Mm-hmm. He knows Bruno's looking for him. He mm-hmm. knows Christian's looking for him. He knows Jaden is making that run. He knows he's got Anthony out there now. Yep. He knows this is going to happen. He's showing maturity and patience. Secondly, the defensive compactness that the team has, they immediately know where they're supposed to go. Yes, they, I agree. There's there's no Harry Maguire lounging around midfield and then <laughs> He's not out and there. then strolling back with a beer. Yeah. And I've been I've been saying it and you know for the criticism that Luke Shaw has taken, some of it is is fine, but I think a lot of it was because he got caught having to cover for Harry Maguire as the left sided center back yeah. and him going, Well shit, you left that guy. Yeah. I need to right. I need to come over and then it's hit Shaw's guy that ends up scoring because he's been drawn out of position too. That's not happening. Rafa knows his positioning you know Martinez is an absolute butcher, so if you get yeah. beat, it's baller man. So right. you've, you've, you've got that kind of mentality. But then beyond that, the forward passing. So many times last year there'd be a ball played forward, and it it seemed like, eh, we're not in the mood just yet. Yeah. Now now you're seeing somebody receive a ball. You're, you're, you're playing that ball around the corner. Again, Back to the the Rashford uh, first goal, the ball's into to Erickson, who immediately turns and plays it vertical, just pure vertical, straight up the yep. field to Bruno, and then Bruno just goes, Marcus, go there, yes. I will get you that ball. Yes. And the weight on that pass for the outside of the foot oh, takes everybody out of it. Maybe it's a little lucky on the finish because it takes it past Ramsdale, but. At the same time, he did exactly what he wanted. Yeah. He ran in front of the defender, yep. so he cut him off. Took another touch to create the angle, so Ramsdale had to step over. Defender's trying his best, doesn't quite get enough on it. It loops over Ramsdale, and it's a goal. Nobody's going to ask for that back. No. And by the way, I, I'm not even going to go into it a whole bunch because honestly, Arsenal fans, you're just embarrassing yourselves. <laughs> if if that which had, is a good thing that had, if that had been Bruno clattering into Odegaard and the oh, ball comes loose and Christian yes. plays a perfect pass to Rashford, yes. you'd want that call. And here's what everybody's going. Everybody said the same thing. It's soft. It's a soft what? 
What's the word after soft, Evan? Soft foul. foul. Yes, it might be soft because he didn't fucking smash into him, yeah. but not five minutes before that, Scott McTominay did the exact same yes. thing to an Arsenal player on the sideline, yep. and it was a bigger hit because McTominay's a bigger guy. Bigger. Maybe Martin Odegaard needs to get in the weight room, and I, I, I don't, or maybe less and in the weight McTominay room. did McTominay get a card? Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I don't think Odegaard committed a card-worthy foul, but he puts two hands in a guy's back who's facing his own goal and then doesn't get any of the ball. Does not get any of the ball, and I've, I've just seen too many of the, uh, the Arsenal fan reactions and stuff. Oh, it's never a foul, blood, man, fam. No, you're morons, and I'm so sick of it. Oh, you should watch he Arsenal. He just like snapped into. Yeah, I went, I went, full, I went full troops, yo. I went full troops. <laughs> and, and here's the thing: I like Robbie Lyle, but I like Robbie Lyle more as a reggae radio broadcaster than uh, I do as an Arsenal fan. Yes, yes, because, yes. bro. Uh, for every five things you say good, you say something. I would like to have a talk. I would like to have a talk with Robbie because he seems intelligent, oh. but he also feels like he's got to play up to AFTV. Let me get through my final <laughs> points, and then we can get get we to gotta the, get the big to the hits. We got to get to the Aaron segment. So, I talked about the forward passing. I talked about Jesus being terrific yes. with the body control, and yes. honestly, he's maybe one of the buys of the season. Arsenal, you've got a good team. Yeah. You're, you should be challenging him for the top four as long as Jesus stays healthy. You're going to get goals. You're yep. going to win. Um, that's my take on that particular game. Sociedad tomorrow, I honestly don't know all that much about him. It's a home match. I think Ten Hag is probably going to change up the lineup a little bit. I think you'll probably see Ronaldo start. I think you'll probably see Casemiro start. You may see Fred and Casemiro start together. Oh, wow. Um, wow. They, I, I, the rumor is that they play very well together for Brazil. Casemiro helps Fred get forward, and that's what Rangnick was talking about. Everybody's talked about it. If Fred can get a little bit more involved, it's great. You don't want him facing his own goal and receiving no. that ball no. at the top of the no, team. No. So that'll be good. And then, uh, let's see, at the weekend, I believe Manchester United have Crystal Palace away, which that could that'll be, be that an could interesting be, match. That's, that's going to be a good test. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I look at this home to Sociedad. I'd like to think that they're going to carry over the passion and, and the fans are going to be there supporting them. With what they've seen Old lately, Trafford. if you're an Old Trafford if, if you're if you're at Old Trafford tomorrow, you're going to come in and then there and be like, entertain oh us. Oh my God! Yes, it's the Europa League, but entertain us. Yes. Okay. Away to Crystal Palace, it's going to be tough, but it's a winnable match. Yes. Certainly can get a point from it. Away to Sheriff in the Champions League on the following Thursday, I'd that. like to believe that that's a winnable match. Home to Leeds again. That's going to test your willingness hey, to fight for 90 home, minutes. Home that to Leeds. I think Marcus Rashford goes. Are you not entertained? He very well might because Leeds have the ability to be pests and harm you, but also have the ability I, to get opened up yes. badly, as we saw at the weekend. Yes. I love Jesse Marsh, but hes I don't know if he's really going to play well, the villain yeah. all season long in the no. EPL. No, no. So, ladies and gentlemen, what that does is that brings us to our, well, not final segment, but our second to last segment, <laughs> the Hey Aaron segment. Of our show. And what we do in this segment is... Whatever we want. Whatever we want. And I get to ask Aaron some really funny or cool stuff. And tonight, for those of you who might be novices, um, uh, people who are just learning about the beautiful sport, um, I am going to ask Aaron if he knows what some soccer slang terms are from the U.K., I have a feeling I might know them. You know all of them, my friend. You know all of them. So I'm going to divert the microphone toward okay. you, lean in, yeah. and just say the
the terms. Now there 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 are six of them. Okay. Okay. All right. So, number one, here we go. What is a brace? Uh, aside from being something you strap on your ankle after you've been kicked too many times or you roll it <laughs> playing basketball, a brace is when a player scores two goals in a match. Yes, 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 yes. Very good. How about what is a clean sheet? Uh, a clean sheet is when uh, the defense and the goalkeeper manage to keep the opposing team out and allow no goals to be scored. Oh. How about a Dobby? Spelled D-E-R-B-Y, but it is Dobby. Yeah, uh, it would be weird if we all said the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, wouldn't it? Would it? Be. it would be. I'm going. I'm going to the Kentucky. I wonder if Brits come over and go. So we're going to the Kentucky Derby. Aren't oh we? wow, wow, that's interesting. With your with your silly hats on. <laughs> Um, a, a derby match is a, a local rivalry uh, in uh, in Indiana. Yes. That would be IU versus Purdue. Yes. That's that's a derby. Um, so Manchester United versus Manchester City. There are multiple London derbies amongst yes. the teams because of the history. But the main ones, uh, uh, obviously Arsenal and Tottenham, is the North London derby. Right. Uh, Chelsea West Ham. Just, despite where Arsenal actually. Uh, started. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Charlton West Ham is a big one from way back in the oh, day. Oh, okay, okay. Um, uh, which is funny. Uh, West Ham allowed Charlton to play at their stadium for a while when they had some issues. Oh, wow. Um, uh, so maybe even, uh, you know, you'd throw Charlton Millwall in well there. Well done, lads. Uh, well done. But uh, Chelsea and Fulham is, is an yes. interesting derby because I want to say, I think, I think Chelsea is actually in the Fulham Borough <laughs> of, of, of London. Oh, wow. I'm, I might have that backwards. Wow. Maybe Fulham isn't it. But I want to I say it is. Okay. And they're, they're less than a mile apart. Oh, man. And, and it's a, it's a really no wonderful thing. And uh, just as an aside, we all should get together and go to a match at Craven Cottage at Fulham because oh. it's right on the Thames. It's absolutely beautiful. You can see the water. They walk out there of the corner. Go. It's truly a cottage. There you go. Uh, and, and see it before it gets turned into this big mega mall complex. Good friend of the pod, Lisa, who owns her own travel agency. Lisa, I want to need you to put a package together. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, get us over there to uh, see a match. Um, next, next term, a farmer's league, my friend. What is a farmer's league? Uh, well, it's a dumb term, quite honestly. Uh, it's... <laughs> It, it tends to get thrown out most consistently uh, ab about the French, and it's basically saying that they don't have high-quality players, um, and that one or two teams tends to dominate it. That's it. Um, and uh, you know, you, you, you could sort of say that about the Bundesliga, uh, but anybody who does clearly does not get the Bundesliga because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. probably one of the most consistently competitive leagues. Yes. After the top position. Yes. I mean, absolutely. Bayern Munich has won 10 in a row. It's really not competitive from that standpoint. But you don't want to play the fifth best team in Germany yeah. in the Europa League. No. You don't. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. How about a fortress? What is a fortress? Uh, Old Trafford. <laughs> Uh, it's when you make your home yes. ground very, very difficult to play in, and it's a combination of you as a as as the team making it that way, but it's also a place you don't want to play because of the crowd. Anfield is a fortress. Yes, yes. The the, the scousers are gonna let you hear it all match long. Yeah.
Yeah. Uh, Leeds. Leeds is a place you do not want to go play. These are these are even when the club, even in when the club is sometimes not playing well, yeah. they get results because there's just an energy yes. in the building that you can't overcome. So, actually, I have one more, All right. and then I have a like a bonus. A bonus. All right. What is it for those fans out there? We're trying to draw not only for the blue and the red. What is it? Jordy. Uh, a Jordy is a person from Newcastle oh. uh, in the Northeast. Uh, they're very unique. They're almost indecipherable. It is somewhere between Scottish and English as a dialect. Wow. That it is the, like Scousers are, are Liverpoolians, yeah. right? And they speak Scouse. And they eat Scouse because that's where the term comes from. It's some sort what? of weird meal. But Jordy is a person, native to Newcastle, and uh, they they sound more Scottish than English. Okay. Uh, and you're you're gonna need to turn on the subtitles if there's a Jordy <laughs> speaking because you're probably not gonna be able to make it out very well. That's awesome. All right. They're, they're also some of the best fans. Oh, in, absolutely. In all uh, uh, of the English league. The the best is it'll be Christmas time. Yeah. They'll be playing at St. James Park. I'm not going to call it by its other name. It's St. James Park. Yes. And there will be five incredibly enormous men. Yes. In the middle of winter with no shirts on. Yes. And like a, a really shitty Newcastle tattoo. Yep. Yep. About four teeth, no <laughs> neck, with multiple pints in and their hands. those are the guys you want to go and out those with. Those are the guys that you, know, you want to watch yes, a soccer yes. match with. They're, yes. they're phenomenal fans. They absolutely, really absolutely. Um, Newcastle fans, we love you. Love you. Love you. Um, here's the bonus, dude. <laughs> the hair dryer treatment. What the hell is the hair dryer treatment? The hair dryer treatment is what any Manchester United player got at halftime oh. from one Sir Alex Ferguson. Hey. He felt that you were not quite living up <laughs> to uh, what you needed to be. And I tell you what, just about every player's got a story about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend uh, getting on to uh, uh, YouTube, I think it would oh, be, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and checking out Patrice Everett telling you about his hair, tired, hair dryer treatment because he thought he had played a good first half. Oh. And uh, Alex reminded him that he he said, no, uh, uh, no, you're not. And, and basically, hopefully you can figure it out that this is a man standing in your face, like this close, yelling at the top of their lungs, blowing your hair back. I That's love the it. hair dryer treatment. I love it. If you want to check that out, go to goal.com. Perfect. And, um, and just look Look up the hair dryer treatment. They have a great article on yeah. it, and uh, it's awesome. Sir Alex Ferguson. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, you know, here, I, I'm about to do like a Evan's last thought. Do it. Just for a second. Um, guys, listen. Uh, you know, Chelsea fans out there, it's okay. We're going to be okay. Um, it, 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 it's going to take a little bit of time for us to settle it's going to take some time for us to be able to to heal from losing, you know, Tuchel. I, I, I've got to believe that, you know, what's happening with Chelsea, what's happening with us is, is something that is, you know, going to grow character. It's going to build us. It's going to make us stronger. So that's where I'm going to lean into. I hope that you all lean into it. And now what that does is that brings us to my favorite part of our broadcast, and that is the Aaron's final thoughts. Aaron, please, not only for the good of the red, but the good of 
the blue. We need you right now, man. Talk to us. What do you got for us? You know, I, all I can do is, is echo that sentiment. Um, it's, it's been a tough few years to be a Manchester United fan. There's been multiple false dawns. We've had multiple managers come in with perfect pedigree. Uh, Louis Van Gaal, that's a generational manager that many others have learned from. Jose Mourinho, uh, I didn't think Ole was bad. Um, the plan was in place. A lot of things didn't go his way. Um, probably doesn't deserve to be mentioned with those other guys. But um, it just goes to show it, it, it isn't just playing footy manager. It isn't just about like, oh, I'm going to find 11 good soccer players and just toss them out on the field. It's not how it works at this level. So what I'll say to Chelsea fans is, if nothing else, this decision by Todd Bowley is uh, an aggressive attempt to demonstrate his desire to put his stamp on this team and and point them in a particular direction. Yeah. How long it takes to get the ship righted and going in that direction and building momentum in that direction remains to be seen, yeah. but... Uh, the optimist in me says he wouldn't have done this if he didn't have something he thought in was you know in place and that he wanted to pursue. And you know it, there there's going to be setbacks. I, I know as a United fan, there's going to be setbacks this season. There, we, we look great. We just played tremendous against Arsenal, but I guarantee you there's going to be a game against somebody that we should beat with our second string, and we don't because it just didn't go right. It's going to happen a little bit more for Chelsea, I think, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of question marks. But at the end of the day, keep the faith. Like I said the last time we were here, be a fan. Yes. Be a fan. Yes. Support your players. Those guys don't want to go out and make mistakes, and they're the first ones to know it. They don't want to go out and lose. No. Nobody wants to. They want to go out and do the job. They just want to have the backing of the manager and know they've got a good plan in front of them. Yep. So, Chelsea fans, Keep your head up. It is difficult. Maybe drink a couple extra ones at the weekend. <laughs> but we will definitely be here for you. And uh, really, really, once again, appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Gabe, Ryan, Io, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, Tommy, really appreciate you guys. Yep. And, hey, we'll be doing it again in two weeks. And it might be totally different Fortune Street Club, boys. So. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Hang in there. thank you so much for joining the... Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat here live from Chatham Tap Fishers. Um, it, it seems like the Reds are playing the Cubs right now. And so, you know, given our Americanness, yes. we, we will probably be here for a minute. So yes. if you guys want to come join us, come on out. We'd love to see you. Guys, peace out. Reminder, Take care. 10 a.m. breakfast, Chatham Tap Fishers. 11 a.m. on Sunday, no breakfast, but that just means you order the wings right away. Absolutely. Come on. Absolutely. Go for the signature wings. So That's it. Appreciate you all. Love you. And, uh... Oh, hashtag black people vote. Okay. See you, folks. <laughs>